This is episode number 128 of the Rising Man podcast with Eric Payton. Together we rise. Blessings and good rising to you, family. My name is Jetty Azuma, and I am the host of this podcast and the founder of the Rising Man movement. Yes, I am so delighted and honored, truly. Every time I get to sit behind this mic and speak to you wherever you are out there, it is an honor. It's an honor to be fighting for this mission to initiate an entire generation of men, and I'm grateful to have you listening. So thank you for your ears and your attention. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to invite you to become a bigger part of the Rising Man movement. Whether it's stepping into our Rising Man fire circles and joining a virtual brotherhood of over 80 men from all over the world, or stepping into the heat of the inferno and being on a team with me for the next 12 weeks to raise your game and execute in your life more than you ever have before, or you wanna step into our next compass initiation and mark your passage into manhood ceremonially, whatever it is, step in, challenge yourself to be on your edge and lean in a little bit deeper. Do so by going to risingman.org and signing up for whichever one of these calls to you the most, because that's the way that we can break through our lives and move forward by stepping up, stepping in and raising the bar. So my guest for today is Eric Payton. Eric is an actor, creator and founder of Black Man Now. After one experience in 2016 where he was falsely profiled by police, Eric has fought to overcome his own traumatic experience and find healing in his life. On his journey to wholeness, he discovered the healing power of men's circles and recognized that there were no resources for black men to support and be supported by one another. In 2018, he initiated Black Man Now, whose mission is to create healing spaces for men of color. In this episode, we discuss why men's work has previously been inaccessible to men of color and why Eric has made it his mission to provide this medicine for his community. Eric explained his experience of racial profiling and oppression from police that nearly cost him his life only four years ago and how this led to a massive healing process for him and ultimately the creation of Black Man Now. We talked about gumbo and how food and culture can serve as doorways into deeper conversations. We discussed why men from all different backgrounds resist vulnerability, especially among each other. And lastly, a vision for a world where men connect to what bonds us rather than what divides us. Without further ado, Eric Payton. All right, all you rising men out there, I've got another powerful brother joining us today. My man, Eric Payton, coming in live from Los Angeles, California. How are you doing today, bro? That's good, brother. How you doing, man? How you doing? <laughs> Feeling really good, man. I-, I was telling you before we started recording, my life has been very chaotic the past week with moving <laughs> into a new space and all, but yeah. this conversation is something I've been looking forward to, especially because I, you, know, you and I really haven't had much of a chance to connect, except for yeah. I got to I got to share space with you a couple weekends ago when we had the United Brotherhood call sponsored by Modern Renaissance Man, yeah. just in the times that we're in right now, recognizing your work and what you're creating with Black Man Now and the space that you're creating for all men, really, but especially men of color is, is tremendous. So I'm excited to drop into that today, man. Thank you, man. I'm so glad to be here, man. I feel hopeful and optimistic about this future that we we are embarking upon. So, man, thank you again for having me your platform, man. And congratulations on the new house and, and everything. Yeah, man. <laughs> thank you. Super thank fun. you, man. Yes, sir. Well, let's let's do it then. Let me ask you the question I ask all of my guests, and that is, to you, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Ooh, deep boy. 
Okay, so I, I guess, I don't know. I hate to go here, but I mean, not that I hate to go here, but I just thought about this scripture, you know, says when I thought of, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child, when I became a man, I put the childish things away. I think the boy is wrestling in the extremities to find himself. The man is himself. He's the balance. Yeah. <laughs> That's let me, let me, that's, I like that one, man. Even even just the simplicity of that. Let, let me dig in a little bit more. So you said that the man, it, the man is himself. So is that does that suggest that there's like a point at which we arrive to, in your opinion, about manhood? Is there is there this always becoming more of that man? Yeah, we're always evolving. We're always like we're getting better. We're evolving each step, each process, each year, each experience. But I do think there comes a point in the, the man's life. He has to like accept himself. You know, it's like a, it's like, it, I think it's coming out of the childlike mentality. I think it's like shedding that skin. And now I'm in the world. I'm here. This is who I am. I'm solid. I'm whole. You know, I'm no longer healing. I'm whole now. I think that's what the man is. He's like the whole kid. He's the whole version of the kid. Got you. Yeah. Got you. So, so this is this is great, man. Because a big part of the conversation we're going to have today is creating healing spaces for men, and mm. you have created an organization, a movement. Really, I don't know if you consider it, but that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Uh, called Black Man Now. You want to just tell us a little bit about that, so we have a context for what you created and why. Yeah, man. Black Man Now is a support group. It's a healing space for men of color. Black Man Now just sets precedent of who we are now. We are fathers, we are husbands, we are healers, we are lovers, we're vulnerable, we are masculine and feminine, which is a whole other conversation. We are united. And Black Men Now has just been an incredible inspiration. It's, it was the thing that changed my life, man. It honestly was. I did, it found me. I did not ever have a dream of opening or even remotely doing this, you know, I'm an actor and singer. Like I, I'm a creator. I love the arts and entertainment. Like I grew up, you know, theater and music. And I mean, like that it's, that's my thing, but I never thought that I would open up a support group for men and be so passionate and have this entire vision for it. But black men now really was inspired on December the 8th, 2016, when I was racially profiled by four white officers downtown LA was being a good Samaritan, had called the cops because I seen this African-American male, older gentleman, stab a Hispanic kid in the train station. And me trying to help the kid and like, you know, fight the guy off, calling 911, it resulted in the officers attacking me. And it was super disgusting. It was just a, it, it was one of the most traumatic experiences, man, I've ever gone through. But it was the fuel that launched Black Men Now because I was at the time going to my white therapist in Beverly Hills and he was helping me through everything, like all my, my shit, you know, like we were going through the whole thing. And when this happened, I remember him having tears in his eyes and he was like, Eric, I, I have to give you your money back. Like, I can't, I can't help you. I can't even tell you what it's like to be a black man. Like I sit here in this Beverly Hills, you know, you know, Skyloft and, you know, I, I have, I, when I walk out of this door, I don't have the same fears that you have. So I have to give you your money back. I'm sorry. I can't help you. And I was like, well, <laughs> who's going to help me? Like, I mean, I don't know who to talk about this to because everybody else that has experienced this, they're dead. Like I, they were about, they were going to kill. They were about to kill me. He had the gun on my nose. I'll never forget. the whole. Like, like I always play it back. I'm like, one day I'll make a movie or, you know, film a short, but 
it just, man, it, it, it birthed black men now. And I'm so grateful for that experience because mm. I never would have gotten here today. I mean, it shaped me right before I got married. Like black men now was the theme when we launched it publicly. I was like, okay, this is gonna, this is changing me, you know? So yeah, yeah man. Yeah, man. Wow. I mean, uh, that's exactly what I've been feeling the past few weeks with all the protesting going on is that how, how could I possibly even begin to relate? How could I possibly even try to begin to understand that experience? Because, yeah. you know, I, I've definitely had that feeling of that cop's looking at me funny. But I, I, I know that as it's nothing in comparison to what you and other black men in this country experience all the time. And to have an experience like that and just and to be able to talk about it the way you you are right now. Here we are, you know, four, almost four years later. You, it, you must have done some big work. I mean, is there any part of that that feels unresolved for you from that experience? You know what, Jetty? Ooh, man. George Floyd brought up, I had a meltdown. I had like a super, like, I had a super bad meltdown when I seen the video because it was the first time I actually got to see, like, after my experience. It was the first time I seen like an image of where I was. I remember when the, the officer was on my, had my head down. Like he was like, I mean, I, I, it was just, it was the worst experience. And I remember the two other officers on my back, they were laying on my back, yelling, I was resisting. And then the guy on my legs was like, you know, trying to shackle my legs, you know? And I was like, what is happening? You know, I'm standing as still as I can. It's it, the position that they had me in was so uncomfortable, man. It was so it would make you squirm, you know, like, you know, if you have a, if you have a, your knee in someone's back, it's just a very uncomfortable, you know, position. So I was trying to be as still as possible. And I was very, very scared, but I've been able to heal a lot from it. Been able to like really heal with, like I couldn't lay on my stomach. Like if I was in the bed or something, you know, I, I would like, you know, hop up. I would, you know, have these sweats. And that was something I worked through. I had to go to, you know, therapy, of course, like, just really dealing with that, you know, how to deal with the, you know, traumatic experience. And black men now having conversations, talking, you know, having conversations that we don't have, that helped a lot. But I don't think you ever really get over that. I think it's just something that kind of sits with you, that you you, mm -hmm. you you remember. I'll never forget being on, it was on 6th and Broadway, downtown LA. And I remember laying on the ground and I was eye level with the ground, but I could see as far down Broadway as I could all the way to the beautiful mountains. And it was just like this water was coming over the mountain and I watched it come over the mountain. It came all the way down Broadway. You know, now I thought, I mean, now these mountains were probably, I mean, miles, I mean, hundreds of miles, like maybe. But it was so close to me and I just focused on those mountains. I was like, if they're going to shoot me, I'm going to focus on this mountain that's at eye level at the ground and I'm going to just like let this water calm me. And that was like the calming thing. So I always go back to that place in my mind. I'm like, that was the moment that your calm begins, which is a effed mm. up situation to be in. But yeah. it was like, it was finally like, Wusai, Eric, you know? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, that yeah. sticks me. I don't think it'll ever go anywhere. That. Yeah, um, and I, can't I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, brother. <laughs> Let me ask you about this then, because I'm sure that if the, the the black guys who are listening to this episode are going to relate to what you're saying right off the bat. I mean, just the experience of what it's like to be in this country and in this time. And I, I like that you, you called your organization black man now, and you say it like black man. Now, this is who we are now. Mm -hmm. So before we talk about that, I want to know more about who were black men then, 
in the past? What, what is what is what is it that you are leading other black men out of? Trauma, fear, oppression, division, pain, really trying to change the dynamic. You know, one of my dreams is to have, you know, black men now in every state and have like healing houses, you know, for men to get, you know, therapy and all. It's just just an array of stuff. Yeah, it's it shows who we are, who we've really always been, you know, because when black when I think of black men now, like especially our conversations, I go back to when I was a kid and my grandfather used to get up at like 6 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning and him and like three of his friends are literally drinking coffee, reading the newspaper, watching the news, talking about the world. And I was fascinated with that because I'm a, I'm a young kid with an old soul. So hmm. I'm just like, yo, what are these old men talking about? But it was just so interesting because it was just so like, it was just a conversation. And, and that's why I'm a big coffee drinker. When we, when we meet up, we got to have coffee. Because I think yeah. that <laughs> it brings this conversation up that, I don't know, it just makes the conversation so authentic. And so I say that, I'm like, this is who we are now. But, you know, we have a slogan where we go, you know, black now, black then, black to the future. Like we've always been black. We've always been, you know, we've always been here, but this is who we, we're setting presidents. Like we're not backing down. We're not going to continue to be uh, like, you know, oppressed in our mind. We're not going to be uneducated anymore. We're not going to allow our brothers and sisters to fall by the wayside. Like we're, we are going to be a, 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 you know, a tight knit. We're like a, we're going to be a fraternity. Like the OGs keep telling me like, man, you got to be a fraternity. You got to brand these brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, can't, like, we can't brand them literally. But yeah, no, it's, almost, <laughs> it's almost like, you know, we want, we like, we're so passionate about this thing, you know, and everybody, you know, I tell them all the time, I'm like, this is for us, you know, like this is for us, by us. I just, I'm light and I created the platform. Like that's mm. all, you know, like I don't follow me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like let's like, you know, but yeah, man, that's that's who we are. That's who we are now. Man. So before we before we hit record, I was telling you we were talking a little bit back and forth and I told you that one of the things that I've heard from from my friends who are black, who are men, is that the space around personal development, personal growth, men's work, men's men's healing, men's circles hasn't yet been a space that's been very inviting for men of color. Now, my question for you is, why is that, number one? What is the experience of being a black man looking at all these other guys who are partaking in this space? And at least before you got into it, n- number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, what is the what is the next step to to incorporate all men? Because that's really my, my vision. Whenever I talk about every man on this planet having a space to be seen, to be heard, to be supported, and to do the same for other men... I don't think of any faces. I just think of who men men are and what we represent. But clearly there's, it hasn't been as available or as inviting to certain men. So tell me what that's, what what you see in that. I mean, I kind of face some opposition a little bit when I said that I was opening this up to more of my, you know, my other colors of brothers, you know, like, uh, it was like, well, this is for us. You know, it's like, well, you know, we don't always come to this, you know, and I have, I have men who I have white friends who I love dearly. I have Asian friends, you know, I like, I love people. Like I grew up, I, I mean, I have a problem with loving people. <laughs> like I really, I love cooking and I love people, man. So when brothers hit me up of different ethnicities and they're like, yo, you know, can I come by? Can I stop by? Yes, you can. Because you're dealing with trauma too. 
You're dealing with pain. You're dealing with vulnerability. We did a thing called the vulnerable man. And people were like really, really skeptical about it. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. like what vulnerability, you know? And uh-huh. dude, when we got into that, the theater therapy part of it, and these brothers were standing on stage in the theater that we got with a spotlight on them. Oh my God. Like it was, it was, it was insane. It was insane, brother. Like, I think it started to change the mind like of this, like men don't cry, men don't, you know, get in a circle and breathe. Like, it, you know, it was just killing all of those misconceptions. I mean, it never had been there. Like when I started Black Men Now, I did it because there was nothing that I could go to. I'm like, where can I go to to like get like some healing? Like, you know, like, you know, church wasn't really getting it, you know, like it just, you know, and I love it. I'm a believer but it wasn't touching what I needed to get touched. It just started being a thing of like, what you desire, Eric, is what you're supposed to create. What you see, like, I wish this would be like this. And you're supposed to go and do that. And that's what I want. I was like, I think there should be support groups for men. I think men should be talking. I think they should eat together and they should talk. And I was like, oh shit, I'm not a starter group. I have to start like <laughs> that was how I knew I needed to heal. And I got, you know, five people together who didn't know anything about each other. And one guy we invited, I didn't know. I never met him. I seen him in the gym. He was reading a book on the treadmill running. And I said, if this brother can be on the treadmill reading a book, <laughs> I want to be his friend. Like sprinting. Michael King. Shout out to Michael King. He's biracial. He's one of my closest friends. I mean, this dude is incredible. He's like running on a treadmill reading this book, The Way of the Superior Man. And I said, um, but sir, I didn't want to stop him in 24 hour fitness in LA and North Hollywood, dude, that's, you will get beat up. And I was just like, <laughs> I have to not, I have to ask, like, what are you reading? And we just started a conversation. I was like, come to dinner Friday. Yeah. It just started killing these. It started killing a lot of stuff, man, that I think men had just like thought wasn't cool or had never really experienced and started experiencing it in that in a way. So I think we're killing yeah. that thing. I think it's it was weird for us to breathe and do it, but I think men are like, man, shit, I need to breathe. Like, I need, I need. Like people are really, they have the desire to want to be better. Everybody wants to be better. We have to like yeah. provide those resources and platforms for our brothers and sisters to get better. You know, so yeah, yeah. and that's and that's a that's a reflection of one of the biggest things that I've noticed in in the ten years that I've been sitting in men's circles, the guys who come in and experience it for the first time, you can you can see the trepidation, you can see the conditioning that they've gotten from other men in their lives, from society, the the wounds that they're carrying that keep them at a distance from engaging with other men, whether it's they've been bullied by other guys or shamed by other dudes or, or whatever whatever it was, yeah. there were reasons that we learned that circling up with other guys was wasn't safe yeah. that we needed to we needed to if we were going to show up in a space with other dudes we had to be dominant we had to be the alpha we had to be the one who had it all together had it all yeah. had it all going on right. and so so what you're describing to me when i asked you about what it's like for for men from the black community it actually doesn't really sound that that much different <clears throat> to me it sounds like it's more of just like a a men's thing and so so it makes me wonder then maybe it's just the you know different communities getting on board with it because i do know that i don't see as many men of color in the men's circles that at least the ones that i partake in and i imagine that maybe it maybe it's that when when we see other men that look more like us that talk more like us that have the similar culture and background that those that invitation is a little bit warmer it's a little bit more inviting to get over that first step of vulnerability before the floodgates can open is it is that is it something like that that you think is going on oh yeah 
dude, I, I had to build trust with these guys. They had to trust me, you know, because you go in, I'm, you're like, oh, you're rather trying to breathe and stuff and heal and shit and crying and talking about his childhood. Like it, you, you felt that you seen that. But once they seen that this was who I am and I, I always, you know, I'm, you know, my wife was like, you're very crass. But I'm like, I just don't know. I, I, I have to be me. That's why I tell my dad, I'm like, dad, you know, my dad's a pastor. And I'm like, dad, I, you know, dude, like I, I'm just, I don't want to be a pastor because I feel like I want to say, I want to say it, you know, like, I, but, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I will stand in my truth so that you can stand in your motherfucking truth. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed. I used to wear shame. I used to wear condemnation about myself and like who, what, what I had experienced, what I've gone through. And, 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 I, and once I was able to free myself from that, Jetty, like, dude, I was like, shit, what's up? Like, what's up? Pull up. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to heal. Like, I've been trying to get, I was been trying to deal with all of this shit. So, like, you ain't gonna, what you gonna do, whoop me? You know, like, I would tell you, like, you gonna whoop me for telling my story, like, for healing, you know? So, it brought other brothers and they started to talk. And, you know, I have a way, man, I'm telling you, when you cook, and I'm a great cook, man, I'm Creole. So, you know, we make some, you know, some etouffee gumbo, you know. Mm-hmm. They're going to open up. Man, I remember we did our first Black Man Now when we opened up to the public. I, I cooked the biggest pot of gumbo and them brothers were chomping at the gums. Like, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going through it from a girl. That, that gumbo gets you open. <laughs> <laughs> that gumbo opened it. It was in the winter too, man. Yeah, man. It was just, uh, it was so beautiful to see brothers and, you know, we, we, we have this, we did a, a event where we had like kind of like a speakeasy, man. And it was just like cigars and, you know, brown liquor you know, whiskey and stuff, and you know, one or two sips, man. And you got brothers like talking about, you know, when they were four and dad hurt them, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. it was real, you know? And so, yeah, we just, it's just kind of been like killing that stigma through just creativity, man. And just being authentic. You know, I love people. Uh, I don't, you can't be a leader if you don't love people. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, don't like, worry. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, so you have to love people and you just, you have to love yourself, but, and you have to know how to reach them. You know, this book, Never Eat Alone, love book. I can't think of his name right now, but talks about like how he hosts like dinner parties at his home. Like it just, it's like, why am I ever going to eat alone? Like I can always like, you know, hey, let me call Jetty and, and see if he wants to grab a sandwich. And, you know, something may come out of that, you know? And, and, and I believe in that. I just believe, you know, we, we got to eat together, man. We really can be strong to go out there and build, you know, I, I'm, I'm big on, I'm big on that, you know? Yeah. yeah man. I, I, I agree with you all the way, man. There's a, have you, have you seen the documentary called the work? Dude, have I've heard of it, one? but I haven't seen it. The work. Okay. So it was a documentary they made about men's tra- trauma with men. And mm-hmm. what they did is they followed, they took some, some guys like civilian guys of mixed races from all different backgrounds. Yeah. And they brought them into maximum security prison inmates i believe most of them were on you know serving life sentences guys from different races different you know backgrounds etc yeah and they 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 put them into these men's circles i think it was three or four days and they they came in and they spent like the whole day together going through these processes yeah and i just remember if if you haven't seen it you got to check it out and anybody else who's listening you got to go check it out the work documentary it reminded me of one of my first men's, I guess you could say men's retreats, men's workshops, men's weekends, where I was in a room with 200 men, men from all different backgrounds, all different ages, shapes, and sizes. 
And I'll never forget, they took us through a grief process. And the, the invitation was to lean into that thing, that, that pain that you, have, that you hold deep down that nobody knows about, that pain that you can't talk about. And the, the way that they navigated the space, within a few minutes, guys are rolling on the floor, crying, you know, mm-hmm. holding each other. It looked, and they turn off the light. It looked like a psych ward. You know, it looked like, because you, when, you, wow. when you give men the permission to unwind in, this, in a safe container, it's it it is it's a bit chaotic in the sense that that those emotions are so big and i remember i was one of the first dudes down and i didn't even know what was happening in my body all of a sudden i was just trembling and within a few minutes i was surrounded by guys who were hugging me and i couldn't even see their face i didn't know who they were but it was one of the most profound things because the lights are out you don't know who's supporting you and and they have noises happening everywhere and it was probably maybe an hour or 45 minutes that we're all going through this but then the lights come on then the lights come on and you look around and I saw these guys who had, you know, tattoos all over their body, including their faces, embracing, you know, these these older white gentlemen with with like real clean haircuts. You could tell they're kind of corporate dudes hugging, crying, holding each other, arms around each other's backs, laughing, just all the all the dividers, all the details that typically separate us and put us into categories mm. gone. That's insane. gone because because pain doesn't have a face, man. Pain doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have any of that. It's just, it just is something that we all can relate to. It's when we start telling our stories, actually, yeah. that it's, it's like, oh, I, I didn't, I'd never experienced that. So maybe I don't know what that's like. Right. But pain is pain, you know? It is, man. That's incredible, dude. That's incredible. Was that your first time experiencing, that was your first time experiencing something like that? That was my first time experiencing something like that on that scale. Yeah. I'd already been in men's circles for a few years, but this is this is something called the Sterling Men's Weekend. It's run by a guy named Justin Sterling, and it's a three day w- weekend workshop. I definitely recommend every every man to go ahead and do it. It's it's yeah. a little more old school, so you know that that kind of like old school Iron John masculinity. So it's not for everybody, but yeah. there's definitely a lot of powerful stuff in it. But yeah, and I, and then I've experienced that in other places where you see men go through their grieving, and. I don't even need to know what it is you're grieving because as soon as you see, it's like you lean in, you know, you see a man cry, you see a man start to shiver, yeah. you see his, his, his face change and all of a sudden it, it teleports me back to that thing that I had going on in my life that made me feel that way. Yeah, and and then, we're, then we're bonded, man. Then yeah. we're united and it's like, let me support you, bro. Let's go through this. Let's do yeah. this together. It's, it's like the great unifying force that that's my vision of where this all can be heading right now. Right. Right. Because, you know, Jetty, man, you know, I love what what you said about that, because like we realize that we're like more alike than we are different. And so it it changes your mind. You know, I'll I'll say I just (laughs) they're probably going to revoke my black card. I hear them. I hear them. Um, I just watched Malcolm X, Spike Lee's Malcolm X Saturday night. Uh Mind still blown. I started watching it again yesterday and just, oh, my God, it's just. I didn't know a lot about Malcolm X, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm educating mm-hmm. myself a lot more, even in my culture, because we didn't we didn't get a lot of our history. And that's a that's a, that's a big thing for African-American community. The thing that we don't know about our history is that we don't know our history. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like a part of us. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? And that's frustrating. It could bring on a lot of pain and anger because you can't move forward in your life because you're like, who am I? Where did I come from? You know, I just spent hours, you know, the other day, like finding stuff and, and and literally just had a conversation with my dad i'm like dad i just found out what your grandmother's name was 
Like, I didn't know her name was, you know, Nina Bean. I was like, I love the name Bean. That's Kobe Bryant's middle name. I was like, my daughter's name is going to be Bean now. You know, like, I didn't know my grandmother, you know, my great grandmother, you know, had a name that I love. I love the name Bean, you know, literally, Mm. brother, you know, but learning my great grandmother, it's like one jump. Like, and Mm. it's just, it's, man, it's so many brothers are going through it. And so I think when we, we're getting past that, like, things are like changing. And I think when we're learning ourselves and learning that we're more alike than we are different, it's going to change because that's what Malcolm X, like he ended up being that person. He realized, hey, like we're all the same. Like, we're, like it's one human race. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so scared on that call the other day. I was talking to Jose about it because, man, I was letting the energy and God like was moving so heavy in that conversation. I had no idea what I was going to say. Um, I didn't know I was going last, which made me even more scared. And I'm like, oh, what is happening? Because I can feel the energy is so heavy. And when I spoke, it just came out. But I was so scared to say at the time that, you know, one day we will realize that all lives matter. Like everybody matters because we're all one. And I was scared to say that because, you know, people are so touchy right now with like social media and stuff. And they'll, they'll cancel the shit out of you, man. They're like, you're a cancel, Eric, as you said. And I'm like, no, I'm black. I mean, shit, black lives matter. We got to get this, you know, ingrained. But damn it, every, I, I, like, everybody does. And we got to, like, yeah. it's going to take some time to, like, heal, you know, because, you know, it's been a lot of trauma. It's been a lot of trauma, especially for black men. And it's going to take some time, man. But I keep telling my brothers, I'm like, we're the healers. I was like, we're going to heal racism. Fuck that. We're going to heal it. We're going to get it. We're going to go after it, like, aggressively. And we're going to love it. Yeah. Like, we're going to love so much that it kills all darkness as much as we can. And I'm not going to fucking heal the world, man, before I get out. Like, I, I'm not going to do it. My kids, you know, they may not accomplish that. But if I can start, like, building what I see, what I want, what I desire, you know, then, hey, that's what I see. I desire. Like, hey, we need to, we need to band up. All right, band them up, you know. This prophet yeah. told me, she was like, you have a gift. Like, you can gather people. She was like, you have a gathering. And I'm like, lady, if you only knew. I mean, this has been since I was in middle school. People would follow me home. Like, hey, we can play ball. <laughs> like, it, my mom was like, why are all these people in my house? Like, I don't know, mom. I just wanted to come home from school. Literally. So I've used that. That's a gift, man, that, that God gave me. And I, now it's like turning around and starting to, like, be effective and help other people. You know, so. Yeah. yeah dude. Wow. That's, that's powerful, man. And. I wanted to touch on something you just mentioned because I know it is. It's a very sensitive time where people are feeling so emotionally charged and rightfully so by the things that we've seen and the things that have been suppressed for so long. I think it's when I when all this first struck me not being as directly impacted or connected to the events that are happening. I was looking forward towards, okay, well, when we get to that place where everybody is on an equal playing field again. What would that look like and what's going to get us there? And I was skipping past that part of grief, that part of sadness, that part of trauma that that needed to be expressed. And a lot of my friends who are who are part of the black community or or more deeply connected to the black community reminded me of that and it was it was a humbling moment. It was like, "Oh wow, I didn't realize that I I could see how that would come off now." And I think there's a lot of folks out there who who don't know what it's what it's like or what it's been like to be in to be feeling and experiencing that and it's important to have that space 
uh, to, to not skip past the stage of grieving like that like that that's a natural process right, right. There, there's there's anger anger is the second stage of the grieving process like that that has to be there and that's although i don't agree with with the looting and the you know the, the destruction of objects and property and all this stuff i i accept that that may be a natural consequence of this stage of healing yeah yeah you know somebody asked me that and i was like I was like, huh? so I don't think, you know, I, I'm not with the looting, but especially not mom and pop shops. I'm going to say that like that. I, I don't mm -hmm. think that you should do, you know, businesses that people are, you know, they put their blood, sweat and tears into. But I think because of what is happening, they're looting, you know, and, and you know, I'm not justifying what they're doing. But I, I think a lot of what these looters are doing is like if we hit these businesses enough, like. Some shit has to like stop. Like, you know, I think in, in, right. in, in the 60s, yeah. like they were burning the city down. And that's what, you know, made the civil rights movement kind of like, you know, get into, you know, gear. And so even though I'm about love, hey, <laughs> we've been we've been saying for a long ass time. And like we got to we, like we're going to be equal or not. And, I, you know, sure. and uh, I'm going to protect myself like I'm married. You know, I'm all about, you know you know, peace and love. But if you put your hands on my woman, like to heaven, you will be sent above. <laughs> like, that's her, that's her off. Yeah. yeah. Like we, like I'm going to, I have, I have, a, I have, I have a responsibility to protect my wife. I have a responsibility to protect my family, myself. And so, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I think, you know, things sometimes have to go, you know, left to go right, you know? So, I, but I do think we're in a grand awakening, Jetty, and I think that I think that there is a lot of people like us who are because everybody has a role to play. You have your looters, you have your protesters, you have your silent people, you have your you know your old people, you have your people who are active, you have your people who are just sitting and educating themselves. And I think what we're doing right now is we're being you know in our lane, we're being active, we are having these conversations, you know, having healing groups and you know and and helping our you know men and 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 so I think it's beautiful, man. I think we're all in our role right now, you know, and I'm just so excited and happy that i'm I'm like I'm active, I'm doing my role, you know, like sometimes you question that like what am I supposed to be doing? like how can I be effective and so when you find that, you know cherish it and run with it, you know, and you won't have all the answers, but just keep walking yes, yeah I, I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I have come to appreciate is that we all have our role to play. And I think one of the biggest breakdowns in those first two to three weeks of this whole unfolding is that a lot of us were looking to, to be someone that we're not. Yes. All of a sudden we felt like we needed to be the ones leading the charge when it wasn't, when that's really not our role. Not everybody has that role to play. Yeah. So I, so I'm glad that you identified that and, and, and spoke to that because it's it's tough out there, man. It's it's tough to know how to be and what to do. I you know I've, I've I've been in a number of circles with men ever since this all started to happen. This time around, I know this has been going on for a long time, but specifically in this recent events, a lot of a lot of guys are really confused, especially the especially the white Caucasian guys. You know, they they they're like, am I a bad guy all of a sudden? Am I am I am I is it, am I bad just for being just for being white? I don't I don't even know how to be right now that in a way that's not going to be offensive that will just be supportive. Yeah. I want to help, but I feel a little bit pushed out of this because I'm not black because I don't know because I don't understand. And it's been really good to be in these conversations because those guys also, even though you know historically 
that's the direction that that's the, the the way the stream of oppression has been flowing from one color to another yeah in in spite of all that there's still trauma around that for for these guys too that want to be more connected to know how to how to how to be supportive but don't know how right. that have grandparents or great grandparents or even parents brothers sisters who are outwardly racist and don't know how to be with that there's there's guys i spoke to who are so afraid of the family that they come from and where they come from they're like i don't even know if i could i don't even know how i could earn the trust of a black man based on where i come from and what i what i grew up doing and saying and those guys also need a space to to share their truth and speak what's been on their hearts and it's amazing man to see to see those guys in a space that's safe to say what's true for them you know admitting to some of the things that they've done just to clear it and let go of it and realize that that's not who they are anymore like it's it's, there's a lot of layers to this healing thing man and so um, (laughs) yeah so i'm glad that i'm glad that you're committed to doing that the way you are and uh, it's beautiful to see the way that the leaders in the men's community are starting to unite and and join together in this in this effort before i start to cut you loose man i want to ask you one more specific question then a couple lightning questions before before we jump okay all right so one of the things you had i was looking through your bio and everything you said join the reconstruction era i was like <laughs> "Ooh, that's good what, what it, when you say reconstruction era what do you mean by that oh man everybody's been, they, everybody's been asking like what does that mean like i love it but like what do you it's feel like from like a textbook it, <laughs> it is i feel like we've been in the reconstruction era uh, it started a few years ago i, I felt it I, I feel like i was a part of like understanding okay we're about to reconstruct what has been the norm what has been accepted mm. what has been just i always say you know now i'm like i wore fear like you know like garments and so now reconstructing how i look at fear you know i think in in the entire state of things we are in reconstructing we're like like right now burn the city down you know so that we can rebuild like we're reconstructing how we're husbands you know like me and my wife we didn't come up through families who ever went to counseling i remember when i first got into counseling what five years ago my mom was like well oh, man, what are you crazy i was like yes yes and i'm you know and um so me and my wife we've been like huge advocates on like therapy and how that really really can like if you can go to 24-hour fitness and work out your body and you can go to chipotle and get the food to nourish the body and you can go get the haircut to make the body look good and you know do these things then you can go and lay on the couch and get the mind worked out and so that is what I feel the reconstruction era is. It's a reconstructing of like how we've moved, how we've been, how we've just dealt with things and accepted things. And we have to like reconstruct it. It has to be rebuilt. It has to be re-strategized, re-evaluated. Like this was, this is not working. We have to fix this. It has to be reconstructed. So that's what I feel we're in. Yeah. And I feel like we've yeah. been, you know? Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, every time time I say it, I'm like, I feel it, you know, because I feel like I'm being reconstructed, you know, I'm going through a process right now where I'm like bringing the calm to OE, you know, I'm coming in 34 next month. Eric has been in pain and rage for a long time, different things. And finally, like I've done enough reconstructing things and building on things and taking them away and really doing the work to go, wow, like now I'm at a place, you know, where I can cross over into this new person that I am. 
because I've done my mm. session. I look at myself as a building. Got to make sure the foundation is rocking. Tear that shit down and let's rebuild it. Make sure the foundation is right. And so I think we're having to go back to foundation so that we can like get elevated, go to elevate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I love that, man. Sign Thanks. me up. Sign me up. I'm on board, man. On. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, listen, man, it's been great to get to un- to get to know you and get to know more about Black Man Now and what you're creating. I, I love it. I support it. I'm all-, I'm all the way behind it. Before I cut you loose and before you tell us where we can go to support you and what you're doing, let me ask you some lightning round questions. All right. OK. Right off the cuff. No, not too much thinking about it. Just whatever comes off the top. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> so what's one thing? What's one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? Save money save it save money <laughs> no one's ever said that dude no one's ever said that one but yes <laughs> save it. Save it, yes, yes please do it save money all right and what do you think is the most important value to have as a man jeez mm, that's a good one who i keep i gotta say how i say it, faith Mm. Faith. Don't make me unpack. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> Next time, episode two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. La- last but not least, um, where can people go to follow you to find out more about Black Man Now and to support the movement that you're creating? For sure. You can go to IG at black.man.now. Follow us for all updates, conversations that we're having. You can also follow us on Facebook. I just started, we just started a Facebook page uh, to kind of get that audience over there. And uh, you can follow us there at Black Man Now. My personal IG and Facebook is Eric Payton. IG is E.Payton. Follow us this Saturday in LA. We're doing a When Kings Meet, a healing circle, a peaceful healing circle. And I'm super excited about it, man. Our RSVP is like going nuts. So if you're in the L.A. area, you know, get out to that. It's going to be so amazing. We're going to have a guided meditation group. We're going to have sage burning and blessing ceremonies. We're going to have this ancestral altar where we like, you know, align with our ancestors and just like breathe and just feel their energy and hear from them as we move forward as kings. And uh, we're going to be I mean, it's going to be a 100 fly dressed brothers, uh, you know, in the fashion district of L.A., man, just breathing. I, I can't wait. It's going to be nuts. So, uh, awesome. yeah, man, that's what we got coming up. That's how you can follow us. And yeah, brother. beautiful, bro. Well, listen, man, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. Thank you for bringing all of it and all of you. Really powerful work that you're doing. I stand behind it. I stand with you. Grateful to have another man, another ally on the battlefield, man. We got this. We got this. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Jetty, I just want to thank you, brother. And I just want to let you know, man, just I always, man, you've been, through this call, you fed me. And I'm just so appreciative that you would give me this opportunity. So I just want to thank you and let you know, man, you are enough. There is no one like you, man. You're a genre. You're a mood. Your whole self. You don't have to ever doubt who you are, man, because it's incredible. There is such a huge population of people that are attached to you and they're waiting on you so patiently and they don't even know it. And so just know, man, that you are enough, that you are lighting up so many paths that have been dark so long. And I don't know you, but I know that you are a beacon of light. You are like you're like a lighthouse. And I'm just so honored to be in the presence of light. Um, I can feel it over this Zoom call. So thank you. Uh, blessings to your family, your children, your children's children, and their children's children's children. Much blessings to you, brother. I swear. Much mm. blessings to you, man. 
Thank you. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> fully, yeah. fully received, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm with that. I'm complete. I'm full. I'm ready to go. Eric Payton, we'll have to get you on here another time, my bro. Thank man, you so much for everything, anytime, man. Anytime, Jimmy, man. Much love to you, brother. Much love. I hope you guys enjoyed this powerful episode, these powerful words of wisdom from a powerful man. Please go follow Eric and support his mission to unite multiple races and generations of men under the banner of Black Man Now. And also make sure you find a way to become a bigger part of the Rising Man movement by going and signing up for our Rising Man Fire Circles, our next Compass Initiation, or the Inferno Circle where you can step up and step into your life in a bigger, badder way than you ever have before. All the information for that is at risingman.org, as well as the show notes for links and resources to this episode and every other one. Please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to the podcast and go check out our Rising Man YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement. Shout out to my Rising Man Power team, Rowan, Sean, Julian, Ryan, and Mark. Appreciate everything y'all are doing. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.